0: Hi, Graham here, and what you're about to hear is a mini Tap Tap Concede that was produced to air as part of the Double Masters pre-pre release. But of course, if you're one of our listeners who only interacts with the show via audio podcast, you won't have had an opportunity to see it. So we thought we would put a version in the audio feed so you could enjoy it as well. Tap Tap Concede continues to be brought to you by Card Kingdom.com. Check out Card Kingdom.com/lrr, and also by you at Patreon.com/loadingreadyrun. So please enjoy this episode where I talk with Gavin Verhey about the history of master sets. And a reminder that if you want to check out our pre-pre-release, the entire video is up on our Magic YouTube channel at youtube.com slash L-R-R-M-T-G. It's got chapter markers and everything, so you can jump around as you like, because it's about eight hours. Thanks! Broadcasting live from the Darksteel Citadel on the Plain of Mirrodin, this is a mini Tap Tap Concede for the Double Masters pre-pre-release. I'm Graham, and joining me is Gavin Verhey, Senior Designer for Magic the Gathering at Wizards of the Coast. Hello!
1: Hello! I'm so glad to be here. The Darksteel Citadel looks great this time of year. It's nice. A
0: little, little warm, but it's not bad. Gavin is here to give us a quick history of the breadth of Master's sets as we are here playing the most recent iteration double masters and we're going to begin all the way back at before even modern masters because you may be unaware that The master sets the concept of a master set actually started all the way back on magic online in 2007 with Master's edition which would then become master's edition
1: 2 3 & 4 up to 2011 There was four of these right? Yeah, there were a ton of master's editions. And why did we do these? Well, Magic Online started with Invasion, and um, that meant that there were all these old cards that weren't on the platform. And so if you wanted to play a format like Legacy or Vintage or Commander, a lot of these old cards weren't even available. So this was a way to help get these old cards onto Magic Online. And of course, if we're gonna drop a bunch of old cards on the format, why not make a really fun um, limited environment too? And so this idea of kind of recombining old sets without creating any new content but allowing for fun limited environments to exist really started to gain a hold. And you know it was just for Magic Online players. A lot of folks didn't know about it. If you look at it up in Gatherer now, you'll still find these cards, um, and they might look look a little strange to you in some ways. Um, But it was a cool little thing, and that started to get some wheels turning.
0: Yeah, because you could have just released a bunch of cards onto Magic Online, but decided to make it a draftable format Instead,
1: right, and that really allowed us to think about okay, well, what else could we do? We do we be doing with this, and uh, I'll tell you, they all had their own kind of um feel to them too because they pulled from different sets and different strategies. I remember my uh, my favorite, I think, was Master's Edition, I think it was three, that had uh, the Urzatron in the land slot. So instead of getting a basic land in every pack, you would open an Urza's Mine, Urza's Tower, or Urza's Power Plant, which meant that you could then you know assemble your Tron. And cast something truly powerful, like um, Diabolical Machine, a nice seven mana four four with Regenerate. <laughs> um, so not not quite card, but it really allowed for a unique draft environment and some really memorable games.
0: I kind of want to play that. So then, after twenty eleven, after the that was the, that was the fourth Masters edition. In twenty thirteen, we saw the first. Modern Masters, which is what most people probably know of as the first Masters set.
1: Right. And so what was happening at this time is Modern had been created, but a lot of players were saying, hey, we need reprints. And we were trying to figure out, okay, well, how can we get the reprints out to the players? And, uh, you know, there was a lot of hesitation given the past with Chronicles. That was a set that didn't go super well for us. Um, But we said, okay, let's try a set full of reprints and let's steal from the Masters Edition playbook and try remixing a bunch of old cards into a brand new draft environment. And we launched it, and it was a hit.
0: It was a ton of fun at the time. I remember fondly drafting the Giants deck. And I remember that it was sort of, you know, because many people weren't familiar with Master Sets, this was sort of an unknown thing that it was like it's a set of a bunch of reprints. Uh, which is good because we want the reprints, but then discovering that it was also super fun to draft was great.
1: It's really cool to see those cross set and cross format synergies. You know, drafting an affinity deck full of cards like Frogmite, but then also getting a Court Homunculus from Shards of Alara block. Now, these are two things that didn't really ever go together before, but here you finally got to, you know, um, unsuspending cards and things like that, unsuspending your Rift Bolt and then casting a Storm Spell. While you could do that in original Time Spiral block, was aided by a bunch of really cool and unique new tools here. Um, so it was really fun to be able to draft these decks. And it also felt like kind of a greatest hit of Magic's history. Um, you know, you had a few oddballs like Giants, certainly, but you also got to play cards like, uh, or archetypes like Affinity and Storm in Limited, which was a total rush. I mean, I think a mini players would tell you Modern Masters 1 is one of their favorite draft formats of all time.
0: Absolutely. And so when was the decision made then to make the next Modern Masters set? Because the following year, there would be Vintage Masters, which was also Magic Online only for obvious reasons, and then another Modern Masters. But did you set out to be like, okay, well, we'll do Modern Masters, and then we'll do another one in two years?
1: Yeah, so as I mentioned a little bit earlier, we were kind of worried about the Chronicles effect. You know, Chronicles was a set that we released and had a ton of reprints in it and got collectors very angry with us. And so with Modern Masters, although it seems like such a slam dunk in retrospect, like, yeah, of course, this is going to be a huge hit. There was a lot of internal debate about how well it would do and how good it would be for Magic. And so we launched it, and it was clear it was a hit immediately. And uh, without much time at all, I think maybe even within a matter of a few weeks, at least a month, um, uh, a month, a month at most, we've set up out to do a second master set. And we started the design team, and everyone's spinning up on that pretty much immediately.
0: And then that would be Modern Masters 2015,
1: which came out in Correct. 20, 2015. Right. Uh, it's easy to get that confused with core sets, which of course come out the year before they come out. But anyway, that's a whole different story. Uh, Modern Masters 2015 was a lot of fun to work on um, because we did the first one. And we were like, OK, well, we kind of pulled a lot, a lot of the triggers we thought were most awesome. right? We did we did Affinity. We did Storm. We did Goblins. We did Giants. Uh, what else is there left? Is, is there going to be enough? And it turns out there was. And by opening the window a little bit of which sets could be grabbed, let us take things like the Eldrazi, which were really, really fun. You know, We put got Ember Cole and, and some friends in there. And this was really cool to be able to kind of draft a whole new strategy and archetype. And once again, it came out and the set was a huge hit.
0: And the master's train was fully underway at this point because then the next year in 2016, we had Eternal Masters.
1: Yeah. So for the first two masters, we kind of used the same playbook of, okay, it's about modern. Makes sense. That was the hot new thing. But what else could we be doing? You know, we didn't just have to do these for modern forever. And Eternal Masters was our take on doing one that also focused on Legacy. So by, by, by putting cards in, like Wasteland in there, for example, uh, Force of Whale, things like that, it allowed for people to get cards they needed for Legacy, Vintage, and even in some cases, Commander. It opened the card pool up from just Modern to go a little bit wider. And to me, this is kind of like when the third era Master sets start. Right? You think of the first era as Magic Online and the second era as the first couple Modern Masters. This is when we're like, OK, wow, we could kind of do all kinds of stuff with these. We don't need to limit ourselves to just modern. People really want this. And um, that's that's where uh, some of the future Masters products kind of came from. And uh, this was a really exciting one for me. I mean, seeing Wasteland back in a set fresh out of a pack, that's a really cool feeling.
0: The next stop on the train, because apparently that's the analogy I'm using now, would be early 2017 with the next Modern Masters, Modern Masters 2017.
1: Yeah, and so this one pulled up through Innistrad. It had Snapcaster Mage on the front of a box. So that was that was a pretty cool card. Um, but in addition to some graveyard shenanigans, this one was really focused on multicolor. And once again, it let us show that we were able to do some really cool new limited themes with the product. You know, we got to put in um, a lot of signets, we got um, the guild gates in there, and it, it had a very different feel from the past two. This is one that I really loved because I could draft five color jank constantly. Hopefully, we're kindred spirits in that regard and um it was really fun to be able to draft this one and it had a very different feel from 2015 and a very different different feel from the original so it really showed us that you could do a lot of things with these master sets modern masters or no
0: and then later in 2017 we had another master set you know speaking of double masters this was two in 2017 we had iconic masters
1: yeah iconic masters was a different take you know we we had done three modern masters. We had done one focused on eternal formats. But Iconic Masters, uh, instead of being about a format, was about kind of um, a, a theme of creatures. And Iconic here, um, meaning magic's iconic creatures. So angels, sphinx, uh, or sphinges, I should say, uh, demons, dragons, and hydras. Now, there was a bit of a you know communication breakdown with, with players, unfortunately, because how we were using Iconic was not how a lot of folks out there use Iconic, right? We think Iconic as uh, angels and demons and dragons, they're Iconic creature types, but a lot of folks heard that and thought counterspell lightning bolt. Um, So we learned some lessons from this one about naming certainly. And also I think about contents. Um, Well, I think Iconic Masters had a really great limited environment actually. It was a pretty underplayed limited environment. Um, This is also one that we heard a lot of feedback from players on about not quite having what they were looking for. And we we really took that and um, information and then use that to help refuel um, some of the master sets going forward. Um, and uh, that said, you know, I will say one of the huge things about limited, uh, we get asked a lot, why do we make these limited draft experiences, right? Why do we bother with the commons and commons in the set? Why don't you just give me the rare and I'll check the rest of the pack out. Well, those are, creating a draft experience is really, really important. Like every product gets such a, a force multiplier from having a draft experience around it because this gives you an additional thing you can do with your cards right you still get your cards at the end of the day but being able to draft and play in new and interesting ways is just a blast and um, definitely definitely do not sleep on any of these draft environments there's some really cool really cool stuff among them and double masters which we'll get to in a minute is uh, is no exception
0: the set that followed iconic masters, might not have been necessarily my favorite draft environment. I don't know where my personal power rankings are for that, but it was certainly one of my favorite just sets in concept, which was Masters 25.
1: Yeah, and Masters 25 is a sweet one. You know, uh, Ethan Fleischer talked for years about how with our 25th anniversary, we should do something really cool and unique and something that really tied into, into um, our history of the game. And so with this set, to do things like putting a watermark in the background of every card with that set's expansion symbol. For example, uh, Dirge of Dread is a really fun one for me. You know, it's a card from Onslaught that was a memorable card from um, that limited environment. And then when you open it up, you get that Onslaught expansion symbol in the background to tell you where it came from originally. And every single set was represented here, uh, every set you could imagine, including some of the really wonky ones like Portal Three Kingdoms with uh, you know borrowing 100,000 arrows, a card that many people probably did not even know existed, was hiding out in here, which is pretty cool. Um, and uh, and this one to me is a really, really fun experience to play because it really harkens back to some original magic gameplay and themes, right uh, There aren't so much archetypes like the other master sets have as much as like a feel to um, drafting these cards together. and uh, it feels very classic magic to me, which is a lot of fun.
0: I had a lot of fun with that set as well. and seeing the the watermarks was just it was just really fun to see sort of the breadth of this 25 years of magic laid out there. And then at the end of that same year, Magic's 25th year, came the Ultimate Masters.
1: Yes, certainly the last Master set. No more after that. Um, absolutely None. not. No. Um, no. So we released the Ultimate Masters, um, and I, we we wanted to make this one like a supercharged Master set. It was Ultimate for a few reasons. One, we said it was going to be the last Master set. I'll get to that in a second. Probably. I'm sure you'll ask me a question about this. Um, but number two, you really wanted to have Tons of things that players wanted so we jam packed this thing full of goodness and we also um, had a, a really fun limited environment. Fun fact about the set is that the original name for Ultimate Masters was originally Immortal Masters and the reason for that is it's graveyard theme. You know, it had a lot of things that really played into the graveyard oh. nature of, um, of some of the mechanics going on and uh, then Immortal also being a pun with heroic which of course they're heroes, they're immortal and that was one of the themes rolling in the set too. So it was fun to kind of, once again, we're this many master sets in and we are still finding cool new themes to bridge gaps and combine cards in interesting ways around. Additionally, because this wasn't tied to modern, we could put cards from kind of anywhere in here. And so it really let us blow it out. I thought the limited environment was great and it had a bunch of really, really awesome reprints um, that players needed. And then uh, then we we're done with master sets, right?
0: Well, because I was, yeah, I, I am going to ask because there's the name, Ultimate, The Final Masters. And it wasn't even originally... The name for it, and then it was uh, checks. Watch eighteen months until we have another master set.
1: Yeah, so we decided, and we we totally one hundred percent truthfully, we're like we're not going to do master sets anymore. So we decided to do that. We pulled the trigger on that. We told the public that we felt good about it. And generally, we're pretty good um, about you know when we say something about what we're doing with future product lines, being like yeah you know we said this and um, this is our is is our plan. It really was our intention. But a number of factors started happening. Uh, The first is that, as many people out there watching this can probably tell you, reprints have become more important than ever over the past year and a half of Magic. I mean, as Magic has continued to grow and grow, people have been demanding reprints of cards, and basically every interview I have done, someone inevitably asks me, okay, but when is when are the cards I want getting reprinted? When is X getting reprinted? And um, so that's one reason to do this. And as Commander has grown bigger and bigger too, that's an audience of cards that we were not necessarily servicing as much with the prior master sets that we could think about here. You know, A card like Mana Echoes in this set is a card that hadn't really been on a radar to reprint previously, but wow, is this card popular in Commander, we should find a home for it. And that's a card we were able to put into this product. Um, additionally, there was some schedule-shifting stuff that had to happen for reasons that will uh, I will talk about later in the year. I'll leave it a secret for now until I can give you the full picture. Uh, some things had to get moved around. For example, Commander Legends originally had an earlier release date and got moved uh, toward the end of this year. So um, we were like, okay, well, a lot of things are lining up so that we have this time frame. and a master set is what people seem to be asking for. Let's do a master set here. And Mark Rosewater has a great column about this too that you can um, Google and go to dailymtg.com to find about how this master set was conceived. But we decided to do it here for double masters. But of course the thing about double masters not to jump the gun on, on you here is we would need something new to do with it. and. Uh, we couldn't just do the same old thing that we did before. Yeah, and how,
0: I mean, so I guess I have two related questions then. One is, did, did you have like way less time to work on this set, than the normal master set? And then two, I mean, it's obvious now that we've done the draft, but what did you decide to do differently? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, uh, thank you for asking, Graham. I really appreciate it. No problem. Um, first is, yeah, we, we did have we did have less time to work on this set than a previous master set. Not like, you know, no time or anything like that, but we did have to do it a little bit more rushed than we had done in the, in the past. But the good news is we had a bunch of master sets under our belt by the time we had made this one, right? If we were trying to do the first one on a short time frame, that could be a problem. But this time around, we had all the knowledge of what previous master sets had done, um, and we were able to kind of take those learnings and make a set. And we really committed a few uh, core members for making this set happen. So really, you know, hats off to people like, Ryan Holly and Mike Turian, who really helped um, lead this set to completion as you know designer and architect. Um, so uh, with double masters, we we were like, okay, well we said the ultimate masters happened. What is more ultimate than ultimate masters? And to me, double masters is the beginning, or at least the first. We'll see if there are more, but it's at least the first in what I call a whole new wave of master sets, uh, potentially, which is master sets that do something besides just being about a format. This really tweaks things up, right? In Double Masters, there are two rares in every pack, and you take two cards at the beginning of the draft. It literally alters the rules for drafting, just by the nature of drafting this product. So what are other weird rules, restrictions we could put on, for example, that really altered how drafting worked? Um, so that's one thing we can think about in the future. I mean, imagine if we alter not only the draft experience, but the gameplay experience. We're playing Magic, but you have infinite mana. It's kind of a dumb idea. <laughs> Probably won't, won't play out that well in a limited environment like Masters. But it could allow for a really interesting draft format. You know, we've seen Omniscience draft on Arena be a lot of blast. What are other weird rules we could put on a draft format to allow for one-on-one competitive Magic, but with a weird twist? You know, you, you draw two cards a turn and play two lands a turn, or something like that. Um, I mean, the, the other thing uh, is um, it uh, it was a theme that we could lean into with a bunch of our flavors. So you'll see doubling season here it's allowed for us to do things like really play about that doubling aspect. So you see the doubling season, you'll see the reflections, like mana reflection, which is a really fun one to have in here. And you see that kind of played up a little bit, which is cool. Now, amidst all the doubling, though, there is still the underlying theme of the set, I would say, when you're playing it limited, which is artifacts. Uh, There's a ton of artifacts, you know, speaking of Commander, there are a lot of artifacts that get played in Commander. A lot of artifacts get played in Legacy and Vintage and Modern. So it's a great overlap space. And it was a great place to reprint some cards we haven't seen in a long time, um, like Sword of Fire and Ice, um, which hadn't been reprinted, I think, since maybe the first Modern master set. Um, so this was a great place to play up that theme. And as you're drafting, you will certainly uh, see a lot of fun artifact decks show up.
0: Yeah, we didn't realize that when we, when we were sitting down to draft, sort of opened the pack and was like, oh, maybe there's, maybe there's an artifact deck here. And it wasn't until we started passing the cards around that we were like, there's a lot of artifacts here.
1: Yeah, there are many, many shades of Artifacts. And, you know, the different color combinations range with how much they do with Artifacts, too. A deck like uh, Blue-Black or Blue-White might be very Artifact-heavy. But a deck like Green-Black, which is about sacrificing, you know, maybe not quite as much. So it's really cool that there's a range of things you can do. Um, one other thing I'll say, speaking of the archetypes, Graham, and the themes of the set, is um, an unexpected thing we we're able to do with this set, which is pretty cool, is by opening up two rares in a pack, it means that there are more rares in the draft. So the rares actually impact the draft more than ever before. So there hmm. are a lot of cards that really point to archetypes. You know, for example, we normally do signpost uncommons, like say Gore Clan Rampager is an example of a red green card that's oh well, hey, it's red and green, I'll pick it and go into red green. Well, this time right. around we actually did a whole cycle of signpost gold rares that you would take and put you into archetypes. Um for example, Swiftblade Vindicator is a, is a great pick for this. It's a red white card is about equipment and making it bigger, which fits really nicely into the red-white strategy. So, hmm. um, you know, if that gets opened up, it's likely to float around the table. So that's a really cool little twist we're able to do with this unique draft environment uh, that I think is a fun little uh, nod to how the set was created.
0: Cool. All right. Well, thank you for taking us through, you know, the sort of the the truncated history of master sets. Uh, do you do you feel like I you pro- I know you can't give specifics. Do you feel like there will be
1: further masters to explore in the future? Well, I'm certainly not going to say that we're not doing a master set again. Uh, <laughs> that uh, that is something I don't feel keen to say at this point in time, uh, given the past. Although you know, ultimately, if something is right for us to do and right for the players to do, we should do it, even if we look a little silly in the process. And you know, this is one where we said, yeah, we we aren't going to do this, and then we did it. Um, you know, we did say for the foreseeable future. And we didn't foresee it at the time, so it, it was honest and true. Right, um, but uh, I would guess that we'll have more master sets in the future. Are they going to be at the, at the quick cadence that we uh, did in the past? I don't know about that as much. Um, but they'll definitely be, in my assumption, master sets in the future. But I think what you'll see is us try some different things out. You know, They don't have to necessarily be um, uh, tied to a format like Modern and Eternal Masters were. Maybe we'll do some walkie stuff with formats. Um, you know, maybe we'll we'll try out some kind of weird play format or additional weird draft experiences, what are other cool things we can do? And personally, I'm excited to to find out and then help unleash them on the world. So it uh, should be an exciting future for magic.
0: Well, as folks who got into making magic content online by doing goofy stuff with magic, I'm I'm all for it. So thank you so much, Gavin, for joining me today for this little tap tap mini and uh run down to the master sets
1: thank you all for watching and thank you for having me graham and hope you enjoy the rest of the ppr now um how do i get out of the dark steel citadel
0: oh i don't have that kind of power
1: <laughs> oh no
0: enjoy the rest of the ppr everybody